0: During constant change, your leadership has never been more important to create a better and more inclusive world. You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, a podcast for the insatiably curious to explore the power of human-centered leadership to create real momentum for positive and sustainable change. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive... Each week, we speak to global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors as we discover that success leaves clues. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Leadership Enigma. My name's Adam Pacifico, and would you believe it, we are at episode one. How on earth did that happen? How did a lockdown project turn into 100 episodes? So it's an enormous thank you to every single guest and every single person who's been involved and really believed in this project. And 100 episodes means 100 episodes of incredible thought leadership, insight, education, learning. And we've had a lot of fun, but we certainly had fun with a purpose. So episode 100 is proudly sponsored by LaunchPod Studios and James Alexander. So it's an enormous thank you to him and LaunchPod for being behind episode 100. And we're back in the studio for episode 100. And I'm with the wonderful Renee Elliott, who's the founder of Planet Organic. And I'm so excited and delighted that she's made the journey to come and be with us here in LaunchPod Studios for episode 100. Renee, it is a huge welcome. Thank to episode 100.
2: Thank you. Congratulations to you. I'm so excited about this today. This
1: is pretty cool, right?
2: <laughs> Amazing. So
1: I think we're both quite excited in relation to this actually happening, because who knew? And I know that we wanted to start with something that you call arriving. Before we get into our conversation, so tell us a little bit about arriving.
2: Yeah, thanks for that. So every, all the work I do, we start with arriving, because it's about relaxing, letting go, and coming present into the moment and so many times we're rushing around we're thinking of a million wow. things we're pulled in so many directions so it's just a couple of minutes of closed eyes breathing to bring you here okay. and bring the readers here okay, no well, matter where they are
1: let, if they're watching they can do this if they're listening they can do this if you're driving don't do this no if you're driving <laughs> don't do this and James uh, I know that you're uh, James is going to be doing this as well uh, I think as well so okay take us through okay, this then
2: great so sitting comfortably in your chair, Kay. feet on the floor, uh-huh. go ahead and close your eyes. Okay. We'll start with an exhale, then take a deep breath in, let it go, and do that again. Deep breath in, and let it go. And then continue to breathe in a way that is very easy and natural for you. As you do that, you can imagine that as you're breathing in, you're receiving into you that which would restore you. And as you exhale, you can imagine that you're letting go of whatever is no longer needed. And that can include letting go of the day so far, any busyness in coming here or getting ready to listen, letting go of your to-do list for the day, or whatever might be a distraction, knowing that anything important you can pick up again later if you need to. And that includes coming into cooperation with your environment just now, so you don't need to be overly concerned or distracted by any noises or interruptions as you come into an easier, more relaxed state by simply breathing in and letting go giving yourself this time to be relaxing and becoming more fully present with you. So go ahead and take another deep breath in, this time feeling the energy from the oxygen, let it go, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes, fully present, alert, and awake. (laughs)
1: Renee, thank you very much (laughs) for that. That in itself is such a powerful mechanism. I talk to so many people and and busy and successful leaders who talk about the challenge of just being present. I had a wonderful conversation with Scott O'Neill, who's the former CEO of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. And I I can't believe we're on this subject already. And I said to him, work-life balance. And he said, doesn't exist. And we had that chat just before we started recording. And he said... The thing for him was about being present. If he's with his family, be utterly present. When he's at work, yeah. be utterly present. So tell us a little bit about
2: well, that's this arriving. that's for me. That's everything. And arriving is part of everything I teach now in the work I do, which is about awareness. Yep. Because I think you're either in awareness or you're in the thinking mind, right. and the thinking mind takes you everywhere else and into not very good places too. Yeah. And awareness is about being present. It's about, as he said, being with your family when you're with your family, being at work, and doing whatever you're doing well. And it's interesting, because even things at home that I don't always want to do, like the dishes or cleaning the sink or yeah. you know cleaning up the cat vomit, and I just think, serve the task. Just serve the task, honor the task, yeah. which is about being present. But that awareness is the difference I think between a lot of suffering and being at peace.
1: Okay. Now I think there's something there written about being in the moment. Yes. And you know, when we talk about well, we've spoken to so many people about self awareness and in a world that's gone mildly bonkers, yeah. It's easy to get caught up in the frenetic activities around us, isn't it? And Absolutely. to actually then how do you how does one pause and stop and reflect and think? And well, all those things.
2: That's a that's a perfect intro for me to talk about the work I do now. But I don't think you want to go there yet, because what we teach in Be Yourself, which is the the course that I the program I teach with my partner Sam now, is about that. How do you cope with all of that? All of those conflicting priorities, right. areas of your life, and find sense in what to do, how to prioritize, how to navigate through everything, with awareness and with purpose. And that's, that's the work I
1: do. Need. I'm racing to it, aren't I? Because you can see I'm excited <laughs> that we have that conversation. I know, both of us are excited. So let's go backwards to go forwards. Okay. And I know you've got an incredible story because you're the founder of Planet Organic and co-founder of Beluga Bean. So you've really dedicated a lot of your life to well-being. So tell us a little bit about this story because I think that gives us great context now to mm. understand your passion and focus mm. now for what we're about to talk about.
2: Okay. So it all... It all started, I think, when I was 19, <laughs> because I had this awareness at that age of... Because of a book I'd read about the meat industry in America, right. I realized that the food that we eat isn't necessarily what we think, and that no one was looking after my best interests. I read about the meat industry in America, and I was so disgusted and horrified yes. that I became a vegetarian, right. much to my family's <laughs> chagrin, because I was brought up on you know meat and fish and all that. So... And that made me start to think about um, everything in terms of if the government, the farmers, the manufacturers weren't looking after my well-being, who was going to? Okay. And I realized I had to take responsibility for that for myself. Right. And what I realized as well then is that if a lot of people are doing something, it isn't necessarily a good idea. And I developed this notion that conventional wisdom isn't always smart, and I didn't want to be a sheep and follow the crowd. So I started this journey of how do I find better, okay. what's better, and better in everything, not just in food. And I started to think about what I now call the spheres of well-being, but I started really in food, and that's why when I got to the point where I had to work and <laughs> think of something to do, which I did not know what to do, I had this notion of an organic supermarket because I didn't like the way food was being grown. I didn't like the stories that people weren't being told. Right, and I wanted to provide the best quality food and to curate a product range for people and provide awareness and learning around that. So I started with food as as the core sphere in terms of physical well-being because I believe that the, our bodies in this life on earth is our greatest gift and we need to respect
1: – yeah, it's all you've got. It's <laughs> going to take got. you from
2: here to death. And if you don't put good fuel in it, then it's going to be a rocky ride. My,
1: my wife will be listening to this now and saying, I've and... <laughs> always told you this. I've always told you this.
2: And when you get to, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80, and you feel like crap, you know, it's no wonder. And yeah. I studied health at university as well as English and Spanish. But it was then where I re- I was, we were looking at diseases in old age. And I thought, wow, a lot of that stuff yeah. that goes wrong later – has built up over a very long time. Okay. And you can eat, you know, you can drink soda, which is junk, and eat sugar for a long time and feel okay because the body is pretty remarkable. And then it gives but, up. Yeah. but You're going <laughs> to pay the And you price burn the later. engine out. Yeah. So food for me was foundational okay. because it's physicality, move fuel rest, which is what we say, and the fuel is so important.
1: So tell me where that, that strength of thinking, that independence of thinking came. Because you said you were 19 at the time when you read that book and started to mm-hmm. think, well, hang on, I'm, I'm not sure that I agree with that. Or as you say, don't, don't follow the many. So uh, where, where did that come from?
2: It's interesting because I don't think anyone's asked me that question. And I've been asked a lot of questions. And when you said that, what popped into my mind was my mom. Okay. Um, who, although she was a Catholic, she was a rabble rouser in the church. <laughs> she? And she questioned things like why why isn't there equality with men and women? And she worked okay. to change things within the church and within a very beautiful church that we were part of um, in Massachusetts. So, and hers was a questioning attitude. Right. And I think my parents always instilled in me a questioning attitude. Mm-hmm. So it was that. And if, if I don't if things don't make sense, I don't like things that don't make sense. There's a lot in life where I think, well, that doesn't make sense. So I look for the sense. I look for the truth. And and also with that came trust trust myself, trust my gut. And when I don't mean head when I say that because mm-hmm. head is the thinking mind. It's trust my heart, my intuition, that inner knowing, that small still voice that says, do that, don't do that. Okay. That voice is always right. And I don't think many people... Even hear that voice.
1: See, as you describe that, I'm, I think I'm already hearing clues in relation to the direction of travel and what we're going to be talking about. Because you talked about the gut and the head, and mm. how do we combine those? So I was just intrigued at, at such an early age. You know, I've got a couple of teenagers where I'm thinking, what gives that that strength and that fortitude and that and that independence? So it was interesting to hear that you, yeah. you kind of credit that to your to your mum.
2: I think my mum, and then my dad. The other counter to that was. Yep and this I do really I'm so grateful to my dad for because I I don't come from privilege I don't have the best education yep. but my dad said that I could do anything that anyone else could do right and I was naive enough and trusting enough to believe <laughs> <him>. thankfully <laughs> Thank thankfully God. and he's right because you so you believe so you are and it was Henry Ford who said whether you believe you can or you can't you're right
1: yeah it's so true. And
2: because my dad said that, it set me on a path of I can do anything, and I believe that anything's possible, even without the best education, without the highest IQ. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's about your thinking and your determination.
1: And look at you now, <laughs> they look say. Now. They'd and, be so proud. Uh, and, <laughs> that, and that ties in, doesn't it? We were chatting just before we started this about the book that I wrote, Leader's Secret Code, with wonderful mm. co-authors about as you believe, so you behave, mm. and as you behave, so you perform. But help the listeners and viewers, understand the continuation of that journey because I know you started uh, Planet Organic in 1995, mm-hmm. but uh, you're a Mississippi girl, aren't you? <laughs> was just outside Boston. My grandmother was born in Boston. But you've oh, you got nice to tell the story it. about how you came to the UK. <laughs> Come on, tell the bus story. Okay,
2: for the hundredth time <laughs> I've told the story. <laughs> My husband's rolling his eyes now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to thank him. So lot. <laughs> it was 1985, and I was... 20, and my sister and I had come to Europe to do the European tour, you know money, backpacking, your rail pass, um, and we came to England, where I didn't really want to be, I didn't really see it as a foreign country,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but, and it was rainy and cold, and it was May, so that was a shocker, because yeah. in America, yeah. you know, end of May, it's hot, Yeah. and, but we had stayed out late clubbing one night, came out, all the tubes were closed, didn't know how to get back to the hotel where we were staying. Yeah. And um, a policeman said, go to Trafalgar Square and get a night bus. So we got on the bus. We were the only people on the bus. Right. You know, in the old days when the seats in the front faced each I, other. I remember, remember. I'm well. looking at James now. I don't know
1: James is old enough to remember <laughs> well, such I don't things, think but so. But I do remember this, yes. Yeah, so that's dated us.
2: And it went one stop to Lower Regent Street. The doors opened. Yep. And there was tall, dark, and handsome. And he said, is this bus going to, where was he going? Hornchurch, and the bus driver said, no, it's going to Barking. And yep. we were trying to go to Dagenham, and we said, please get on the bus because we don't know where we're going at the other end. Yep. So he got on the bus, and we talked the whole way home. And I came over a year later to date Bus Guy, <laughs> whose name is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been together for 37 years. <laughs> now, I
1: know, you, as you say, you may have told that story a number of times, but my question is, what was driving you? Back then, what was the feeling that that set you on that course? Because, again, there's clues
0: here.
2: Yes, it's so interesting. I love your questions. So there were a few things going on. One, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had not found my purpose. And I thought I was graduating from uni in a year and I thought, oh, if I go to England, I can delay having to choose or decide or find something to do for a living and I can then go back to America and start my degree if it doesn't work out. Right. And I didn't think it was a holiday romance. You know, I spent some time with Brian here, and then I went back. And I I was trusting my gut. I was trusting okay. my heart that said, this is something real. Okay. And that has, trusting myself has always been the right thing to do. When I haven't trusted myself, it's when I've made the real clangers in my life. <laughs> Well, and again,
1: I'm you know, I'm hearing about this uh, in some ways, the interaction between thinking and feeling.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly. And it's interesting because you talked about at the beginning about being. And we in Beluga being my second business, we talk a lot about being versus doing. And we love okay. the doing. Yeah. But we talk about bring your being into your doing. Oh, okay. And that is that's a whole different way to live and work and lead.
1: No, I love that. And I did one episode uh, with with an amazing leader, actually, in mm-hmm. India, Anil. And he talks about human being, human doing, and mm. human becoming. Uh, so so that was that gained something close to our heart. Is. So, listen, you've been very, very successful, uh, and you've had opportunity and challenge like any leader. And so many people in London will know of Planet Organic and have gone in there. And I know you've done so much work now to help other leaders. And actually, what we're going to focus on now is your passion now, because this journey, and we're really just talking about some elements on it, has led you now to what you do now around be yourself. So tell us a little bit about what you're passionately focusing on now.
2: Okay, great. Because this is what I'm so overexcited about, um, the work I'm doing She's now. perfect episode <laughs> 100, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. So Beluga Bean, we describe ourselves as a well-being agency. It's mm-hmm. really all about well-being. Within that, everything we do is a whole person process, and that is about combining business savvy with personal development. So there are two things that I do. One, I mentor startups and early stage business on business and strategic planning, and I love that work. But woven through, say, your marketing plan, your brand Bible, your financials, is confidence, um, imposter syndrome, selling yeah. versus collaboration, communication, neutral inquiry—neutral ne- inquiry, sorry. Yeah. Taking care of self first, and so on. So ev- that's what I mean by whole person process. We're not just looking at the head; we're looking at the heart, because a lot of people struggle with those issues around confidence, around negative thinking, and that kind of thing.
1: Well, this this is inextricably linked, isn't it? Because you don't just deploy one and not the other,
2: we can't detach them, can we? Absolutely, absolutely. And then Be Yourself is our flagship program. And that is for entrepreneurs, for individuals, and for corporate teams. And we describe that as a very powerful journey of self-discovery that delivers a framework for transforming individual well-being. And it really is rooted in awareness. And that's across all aspects of life. It's personally and professionally. It empowers individual success and group success, and we work developing leadership teams. And the real difference with Be Yourself is it isn't information. It's about transformation over time. And that is, the premise is kind of know yourself. So okay. that's the journey we take, be yourself and manage yourself.
1: So know, be, and manage. Now. Th- I, I am fascinated by this because I'm going to tell you something that actually I've never told anybody because it's actually happened quite mm-hmm. recently. I have a an 18-year-old daughter who uh, has struggled with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And as part of that diagnosis, guess what? I got diagnosed with chronic ADHD. Uh-huh. Now, I'm a lot older than she is. <laughs> so it's never too late, is it, to start no. to be aware of new things. And I'm now on a journey of understanding neurodiversity mm. and to understand the challenges I had when I was younger which are now explained in some ways and how do I now manage those going forward Absolutely. so in some ways this is the first time i am having that conversation this wow. is very recent but it really resonates about self-awareness knowing myself and this is going to be true to all leaders let's be honest Absolutely. it doesn't matter whether you're an incredible 18 year old who's got the next best thing or whether you're the CEO of an iconic multinational we're all human absolutely this is so important
2: and if you if you can be yourself and bring that being into your doing it's so much more powerful that's real leadership and that also creates happier healthier more effective individuals you know if teams businesses if you're in a company but it's about the individual it's about the individual finding their truth their purpose their intention and then managing themselves within a crazy world and crazy thoughts
1: now what are your thoughts because you know I work with leaders across geographies and sectors and it's a great privilege and I always say to leaders that you've really got to start to selfishly work on yourself before you can start to think about how you're going to lead people and how you're going to lead the organisation because it all starts with the individual Mm. and and actually cut yourself some slack be kind (laughs) take some care, manage the inner critic. So I just want to kind of get your your take on the importance of, of even really senior, high-flying, iconic, well-respected leaders who really need to take some time out and say, for Lord's sake, be selfish, be aware of yourself, put some work in for yourself, especially with the
2: pandemic. Absolutely. Well, that's where this crystallized for us because the pandemic – just put a spotlight on that, right? And put a spotlight on the what people call the work-life balance, and you know, people working from home, and cats walking across your screen, and kids walking in, and and the, then the anxiety that was coming from the isolation and the yep. fear, and all of that. So that's why this really crystallized for us for Sam and I this Be Yourself program, because and there's so much. If you look at the stats, the number of stressed people in England yeah. and the number of people with anxiety, its it's gone crazy. And the answer to that is, well, be yourself provides a lot of answers, but it's also about putting yourself first. And I don't even know if a lot of people know what that means. You know, I've worked with people who say, I've worked with mothers, with children running businesses, and I've said, it you know, if you did one small thing, if yeah. we try and embed one new habit What would that be? What could you do for yourself? Mm. And she said, put hand cream on at night before I go to bed. I mean, because all she was doing was giving, 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 doing, doing, doing. And it makes sense intellectually to take care of yourself first. And it's the classic message on the plane from the stewardess. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) She doesn't say put the oxygen mask on the old lady next to you. She says put it on yourself first. But do people really do that? And it's something I have to remind myself of all the time, even though I absolutely believe and understand it. Because if you aren't whole and filled and well, how do you expect to do anything well in your life? So it feels selfish. It feels counterintuitive. It feels wrong. I've spoken to audiences of hundreds of people and said, who here feels comfortable putting themselves first. And maybe you get one or two men putting their hands up.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the women are all like cringing in their seats and and a lot of the men. And you say, yeah. who feels uncomfortable about that? And there's a lot of discomfort. But if everyone took care of themselves first, the world would be a very different place.
1: Yeah, the, the, the pandemic has, I think, been extraordinary. Every single person that I've spoken to has a very personal story to tell.
0: Mm.
1: And... I know that, we, you know, and I've said this before on episodes, You know, people talk about the great attrition or the great retre- the retention or the great reflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's this wonderful phrase, and I, I can't remember who said it, and I have said it before, so forgive anyone listening who said he said that before, was the phrase that when you press the pause button on a computer, it stops. But when you press the pause button on a human being, that's when we start to think. And a lot of people have really thought and reflected and made very, different decisions perhaps than they would have done mm. pre-pandemic. So you're right, the pandemic has shown a real spotlight. And I spoke to Chester Elton last week and he talked about, he actually gave us some stats in relation to anxiety at work and mm. it's frightening. Mm. So from a personal self-care perspective or leading other people, it's something that has to be really addressed.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why we created this program because we believe Well, there are are many different kinds of companies out there. And companies who really care about their team's well-being will do this kind of work, make this available for their teams. And what we've found is – and this is really interesting. We've talked to a lot of HRs, and they understand the well-being crisis, and they don't really know what to do about it. Right. So – and we've made three key observations about well-being. Okay. One, your well-being is completely individual. Okay, which means it's unique to you. And what's true for your well-being for you may be very different to your colleagues at work. Secondly, it's a whole person process. It's connected to everything. So we talk about well-being across six spheres. Physical, which I said is a starting point, occupational, psychological, Mm -hmm. economic, social, and spiritual. So if you're in a fight with your wife, that's going to affect your work. If your knee's bothering you, it's going to affect everything. So we say that everything is connected and has an impact on your well-being. And the third thing is that your well-being is in flux. So what's affecting your well-being is always moving. What's significant today may not be tomorrow, or this week may not be important next year. What was helpful last month may not work for you at all, which is why yoga on a Friday, which is what a lot of companies do, or a one-off workshop on sleep isn't the answer. Right. Because everyone's <coughs> well-being is unique to them. And they need to find what what they need for themselves across these different spheres.
1: Because we're so custom ourselves, aren't we? Each yeah, and every person absolutely. is unique.
2: And we say people don't need more information. they need They don't need information. They don't need more data, more detail. They need transformation. They need to live differently, think differently, know themselves and find their answers and moment to moment be able to prioritize, stay on purpose. And transformation is about how people understand themselves amidst these continually shifting demands in their world from everywhere. And that's why we say balance isn't really possible because it's constant that, you know, there's, there are things going on all the time.
1: It's constant change, isn't it? Yeah, you constant
2: change, leaving. constant information. I have to do this. This is going on. My kid's got this problem. My finances are here. Um, but when you understand yourself and can respond to those shifting demands, and then you're better able to access what we call your infinite potential, which there is. You know, there's latent potential in your workforce. There's infinite potential in who you are, and this is self-awareness in action, and that's what be yourself offers. It's a and that's why it's a program over time. Because as you just said, leaders have to put time into themselves. And often when we talk about this course, which is a three hours a month for three trimesters over a year. Right. Sometimes the employer says, What? Three hours for my legal team in a month? And we say, How much time have you put into your well being over the last year? Over the last ten years? Mm. None.
1: Yeah, for zero.
2: None. And you have to take care of yourself. You know, what is life about? When you get to the end of your life, do you think you lie on your deathbed and think, I'm so glad I made all that money because <laughs> I'm taking it with me? Or no, it's how did I live? Yeah. Who did I love? Did I matter? Did I matter? Did I make a difference? Whose lives did I touch? Yeah. Who You know, who who are my people? So it's getting you back in touch with the being. <laughs>
1: let me come back to the whole person process because I think you you mentioned six areas and I think I got these right the physical the occupational the psychological the economic the social and the spiritual so tell me a little bit about whole person leadership in relation to anyone listening who is thinking how do I uh, in some ways do a better job about leading self and those people who are leading large numbers of people in a post-pandemic environment in a virtual environment and a hybrid environment where it's become so difficult now. What does whole person leadership mean?
2: Well very simply it's leading with the head and the heart.
1: Okay tell me a little bit more about that.
2: And and people lead from the head you know where you've got smart people leading <laughs> and sometimes for example Sam and I are working with a tech team and they're super smart. I bet. And um, <laughs> And super in their heads. And the HR is saying they need to have empathy. They need to have understanding. They need to have better communication. Yes. And that is all woven through what we do. So that's that's a snippet of what it's about. It's about – it's not just about the thinking mind. It's about compassion and understanding and communication and listening and communicating and neutral inquiry and ways of doing all of that a little bit better.
1: Okay, now I've said before, some of my research at the moment is on human-centered leadership about the very importance of things such as curiosity, vulnerability, empathy, and and you've spoken about a number of those. And, you know, I have some people sometimes say, oh, soft skills. And the conversation I have with Chester was, Mm. please don't call them soft skills. (laughs) They're incredibly hard skills. If you get those right, the hard stuff falls into place why have we overrotated so i mean i'm a lawyer by background why have we over-rotated for decades on what they say the hard skills the technical skills to become expert and and then we sometimes see people go from first rate expert to third rate an incredibly unhealthy leader
2: that's a that's a killer question and i'm not sure i have the answer but you're so right because it's so important and i i have I work with very powerful people who sometimes are apologetic when they say, I'm sorry if this sounds a bit wookie or woo-woo or ethereal. And I hate that because it's so important because that's the part where you're listening to your heart, you're following your intuition, you're caring about other people. Where did that go wrong? But I think partly it's because we live in a very dual world. We live in a competitive comparison world and my best friend julia always says comparison is the sure road to hell and she's right and it's it's either i think that thinking comes from that duality it's right it's wrong it's good it's bad it's rich it's poor it's it's hard skills it's soft skills it's there are all these opposites and the world makes them right or wrong and it's wrong it's wrong thinking
1: so as we start to chat about that, and, and somebody you, you said that you got you're talking to successful, powerful people, and as they say something, they think it's woo woo. Well, actually, it's not, is it? Because they're revealing sometimes their true self. Tell me a little bit about because you have a perspective on on true self. So I think that's kind yeah. of a, a, a natural segue <sighs> into that.
2: That is well, that's an interesting question, and I wonder if I should. All right, let's go into that. So. Your true self is, when you think of when you're born, okay, when you're in the womb and then you're born and you're a baby, you are whole and complete. And would you say you're perfect?
1: Well, or or as perfect as can be at that moment in time, yeah. Yes.
2: You are, you know, whatever you believe spiritually, you know, you're a being of light, you're energy. You know, we know that in terms of physics, you're energy with space (laughs) in between. But you are... There's who you are, which I believe to be perfect and enough, okay? And you're in the present. You know, babies aren't in the past or the future. They're mm-hmm. in the present. Yeah. And then, so think of that as a little circle in the middle. And then there's, then life begins to happen. And you may be told you're not smart enough, good enough, handsome enough, from parents, teachers, relatives, uh, education, yeah. religion, anything. And that's partly because of comparison. Oh, but your big sister or your little brother or whatever. And it's partly this social construct of duality. Good, Hmm. bad, successful, unsuccessful, ugly, pretty. So then over that perfection of who you are becomes who you're afraid you are. Right. Okay. And you don't want people to see that because you begin to think you have lack and you need to look outside yourself that it's not enough. To fill that, that you're not enough. And then over the who you're afraid you are is who you pretend you are. And that's what you show the world. Now that's the veneer. Yeah. Right. And often there's a that is a way shower to who you really are. So often I I know a few beautiful women who think they're not beautiful and they work in beauty industry. Right. But so it's a way shower to their true self which is they are beautiful you know mm. they are whole they are enough but when you live in you are enough so if you realize that's just these circles of you know why this has happened and in your center you are enough that thought when you think that if i say to you adam you are enough how does how do you feel
1: well i think it's nice to hear but the older you get the bigger the critic you become.
2: No, not necessarily. I'm less of a critic.
1: Well, I need to know It depends on that. the work you do. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a candidate to, to actually come on to okay. come on to the course. And in so, some ways, society has created a number of those oh, issues, hasn't it? I mean, it's, don't even get me started on don't social media. Me
2: start it. No, God, no. But when if you if you breathe that in and believe that, if in a moment you can suspend that critic and just say to yourself, I'm enough, How do you feel? If I waved a magic wand and said, that is true.
1: Content? Yeah, Peaceful?
2: It's peace. Yeah. In that is peace, and in that is possibility. And what happens, what you referenced, is the critic. So I'd like to talk a little bit about thoughts and beliefs. Yes. Which is what you were talking about. Yeah, that ties in neatly. Yes. So... When I reference Henry Ford saying whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And I have three children, and I have worked on teaching them this. And we have sayings up in the house on the kitchen wall that say things. And we taught them this so that they can grow differently. I think, well, someone had told me that when I was 10, I would have got to this a lot faster. Um, Would have been great. But you're either in awareness or you're in the thinking mind.
1: Okay, so in awareness or thinking one. To help us understand.
2: Okay, so to reach your full potential, to not be limited by your thoughts, you need to manage your thoughts, okay? And in that place, you know that anything is possible, and you can do it, anyone else can, which is what my dad told me, yeah? Mm-hmm. So is a thought a fact?
1: Is a thought a fact? Well, I might say, well, if I think it's true, is it therefore true?
2: No. Okay. A thought is not a fact. This is on the wall on an A4 piece of paper in my kitchen. A thought is not a fact. Your thoughts create your world. What you focus on expands. Okay. So there are thoughts that are positive and negative, and there are beliefs. So beliefs are things that you think are true. These are bigger ideas like uh, work is hard or – Women are more emotional than men or lots of beliefs around business, around men and women, about color, about whatever. It doesn't matter. But there are big beliefs that run through society, yeah. and a lot of them are completely contradic- contradictory. Yeah. Look before you leap. He who hesitates is lost, okay? The world is a good place. The world is an awful place, okay? And a lot of people aren't even aware that they have beliefs. They think it's the way it is. And the power, the agency comes from realizing that you have beliefs that are running you. If you're not aware of a belief, you're at the effect of it. Mm. If you're aware of a belief, you're at cause and awareness gives you choice.
1: I'm assuming at least all kinds of assumptions and biases oh and mistakes God. and errors and
2: Absolutely. Wars? Assumptions thing I hate, yes. And judgments yeah. and everything. So so would you be willing to tell me a negative belief or thought that you have about yourself? It doesn't have to be too personal. It's up to you. About you in business or you in the world or just give for an example.
1: Well, uh, this is good, isn't it? I'm getting questions now. Well, I suppose one of them might be that not good enough at something. So even if I took, took the podcast, we're now on episode 100 so to an outsider, they might think, wow, that's incredibly successful. How do you do that? But then there's always that feeling of, well, is this, is this worthwhile? Is this good enough? Mm. What am I actually doing? Is this actually providing value?
2: Mm. And what do those thoughts do? Do they make you feel good?
1: Well, they make you hesitate, don't they? I, only, I just yeah. had that conversation with James where you're thinking, well, hang on. What am I doing? And, and, and do I need to be carrying on? And is this yeah. really resonating with people or am I living in a fantasy world?
2: And do you have information that tells you that it is resonating with people and that it is valuable and yes. people do enjoy it? Yeah. Yes. So you have facts and data. So that doesn't matter. And you'd think the lawyer in me
1: would take the facts and absolutely. the data. Absolutely.
2: But we don't because we're human. Yeah. So there is a process for handling thoughts and beliefs. Have you done this kind of work before? Have you heard of this? No this is, okay. no, tell us because to. I'm, I'm making notes as well, this and is hopefully the listeners,
1: if they're not driving <laughs> okay. are also making some notes
2: so it's a three step process. Good did you want to ask something?
1: no, okay. I'm, I've got my pen at the ready.
2: Okay. So one is the first step is awareness. So you're sitting there, you're ready to record your hundredth podcast and you think, "Wow, is this really worth it?" So the awareness. Is you recognizing the thought or belief when it arises? Mm-hmm. Then it's consider the impact this has on your life.
1: That's phase two.
2: No, this is point one. Right. This is awareness around awareness. Think about the impact, how limiting it is, how damaging it is. Does it hold you back? Does it support you? Is it about lack or is it about? Gotcha. Magnitude. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The second is choice. So if you imagine your life without that thought, because you have information to prove it isn't true, but you still have that doubt. Remember that what you focus on expands. Where you look is where you go. Mm-hmm. If you choose, you choose not to believe the thought or belief every time it arises. Okay? So one is awareness. Because if you're not aware of it, you're at the effect of it. it it's well, Then you're a victim you. to it, right? Yeah, you're a yeah. victim. One is awareness. Two is choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that thought. I'm not going to believe that today. And then three gets a little tricky. And I'll, I'll ask you a question and I'll tell you what I think. So there are people who believe in affirmations and I believe they have value because it's allowing yourself to really sit with the opposite. So what would the opposite thought be to your thought about is the podcast worth it?
1: Let me just ask one clarify. when you talk about affirmations, what are you?: the,
2: the positive reverse of what you're the thinking. Positive of the positive reverse. OK. So what would be what would be the would be the, affirma- the positive the opposite of what you think when you're doubting yourself?
1: The, this the, this process and I, I do believe this actually this process is a great learning experience every time I have a conversation such as this, yeah. and uh, you know I hear from people about:
2: short, sharp:
0: This, this provides podcast, value.
2: Yes, this pro- perfect. So there is, I believe, because letting go of thoughts and beliefs is a process. It's a journey. Some people can do it like that, and it's a light switch. For a lot of people, it's a journey. And I believe that to kickstart that journey using the affirmation is very powerful. Even though it is just another thought, <laughs> but you've got both thoughts going on anyway. Gotcha. We've got the yeah. Counter. So what is useful is for thirty days you write that thought down somewhere where you're going to see it, read it. Screensaver, sticky note on your mirror, um, alarm on your phone, mm-hmm. because it takes thirty days to change a habit. Yeah. So you or twenty-eight days. People argue that, but right. just embed that, and then it kind of kickstarts the process. Then. S- You want to get to a point where, and it may be then that for a year or five years, I don't know, you need to remember that reverse thought so you know it's a possibility and you know that that's the reality. But the third step ultimately is just to let those thoughts be, to drop them. So when you have a negative thought about the work you do, and this is for everyone or who you are, you just drop them, they're nothing. And this, interestingly, is the same process for meditation. I've been meditating for over 30 years. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you're meditating, thoughts come up. And some people who don't understand meditation say, oh, I can't meditate because I can't clear my mind of thoughts. It's not what it's about. It's about noticing the thought and letting it be. You see it, you let it be. Okay. You either go back to the mantra or you go back to the breath or, you know, there are all kinds of wonderful meditations but awareness means you're practicing that process in waking consciousness seeing the thought becoming aware of the thought and just letting it be or dropping it laying it down now it may but i said point 3 is a little tr- sticky because it may be that you have to use the the positive affirmation for a while yeah. to get to the point where you can just look at the negative belief, or thought, and just let it be or drop it.
1: I mean, everyone's got the inner critic, haven't they? So it's, sometimes it's difficult to... I don't
2: think I have it anymore.
1: Well, that's because you've traveled a path and you've, you've got to a place <laughs> that, that m- most of us... I mean, I'm obviously going to ask this you a later And this is brain
2: plasticity, okay? So there, yep. this is neuroscience, and there are neural pathways in your brain that get carved very deep from when you're a child from when someone said you're not good enough or whatever you know it, there are all kinds of reasons and you're carving a different neural pathway it is physical brain science mm. but that original pathway may never go away it may always be a whisper but it's awareness means you're choosing which voice you're listening gotcha. to gotcha so who do you, what do you want to listen to yeah. what gives you peace and joy the positive thought the other thought
1: I'm hearing some overlaps as well, which is, which is lovely with the conversation I had with Chester about gratitude. And yes. we actually talked about top athletes <laughs> and, and I think one of the things that he was saying that actually made the difference because it's, it's minuscule mm-hmm. from a talent point of view was the top ones have got mantras, oh, affirmations wow. in relation to oh, just remain focused and positive mm-hmm. in relation to the job that they've got. Mm-hmm. And, and as a tennis player, that's always been a That's challenge. That's really powerful. Oh yeah.
2: Well, I think it gives people something to reach for. Yeah. In time, I think when, when you, over time or with mastery, because I know people who've achieved this, it's easier to just dro- drop the right. thought or belief. But first, you have to become aware of them. And and some people say to me, with absolute belief, well, but I'm I'm not good at business because I haven't got my business beyond. Five million turnover, right? And I say, but that's just a thought.
1: Yeah,
2: that's a thought. And the re- the realization of that for some people is like getting hit in the forehead with a fastball. It's like some people don't even know that. I've known that. I've done this work for a long time. Yeah, but sometimes that that re- that awakening, that waking up, that reality, that awareness is itself very. Pu- sometimes awareness is curative. Just awareness is curative, but this deepens it and keeps you on that path and I think the mantra or the affirmation gives you something to reach for
1: it's so interesting isn't it because with that three-step process which I'm, I now understand from awareness choice affirmations and I think about the, the work we did for the book about believe behave behave perform mm. if you if you aren't carrying out this kind of awareness work or in order maybe remedial work I don't know then you're on a path and that path actually can be not the most positive path mm. if you're working on those, on those beliefs. Let me ask you another question, if I may, because there's something else we want to talk to you about, was the sacred triangle of relationships, because we are all connecting with people mm. all of the time. And, yeah. and if we think about leaders as well, we're talking about how we connect almost with the relationship we have with ourselves. Yes. And for Lord's sake, take care of yourself and give yourself some care. But also when we talk about leading, people always talk about leading other people. So tell us a little bit about mm. that sacred triangle of relationships.
2: Well, it's it's great to talk about that because it also pulls us back full circle to trusting your gut, trusting yourself, taking care of self. Okay. So the sacred triangle of relationships is m- my creation, and it started when I started Planet Organic because Planet Organic was really about organic food for me as the foundation of good eating because yeah. it's food without all the poisons or toxins grown in a way. You know, the whole belief of organic is healthy soil, healthy plant, healthy animal, healthy you. Right. And it's about respecting the soil, the plant, the animal, the person, the farmer. So I thought, wow, if that's the foundation of what we're selling, then that should be a golden thread through the business. And I wanted to do different business. And now there's all kinds of, you know, there's B Corp and ESG mark and all kinds of things that say do good business but I did this in 95 when I started planet organic because it was it was the right thing to do not because now it's the right thing to say it just made sense to me and I wanted to create a feminine nurturing business that created loyalty and a company people really wanted to work for and a beautiful place to work So this became foundational for me in terms of relationships, and I thought, okay, so respect is at the core, and I have a real thing about respect. What's the other part of respect? Well, the other side of that coin is trust, and you start generally with trust and respect when you meet someone, when you hire someone, you're working with someone, but they build and grow over time. It's a journey. Because they start at a level. Yeah, they start at a level, (coughs) and they grow or they don't grow, Mm. but. The way they grow or don't grow as well, so the triangle, is that trust and respect are underpinned by good communication. And good communication is means a whole ton of oh, stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. That's another episode <laughs> oh, altogether. <yeah. laughs>
2: um, but that those three work in tandem. And good, calm means things like neutral inquiry, taking responsibility, refer to self, you know, what's my part in this, right. tell the truth quickly. Um No blame, no judgment, no, you know, there's a whole way to communicate that's completely different to what a lot of people do. But when I started this in Planet, it informed culture. This was, this was values through our modus operandi. This was our being while we were doing, and I talk about values running through a business in three ways. This is the third way, your being, and it informed how we handled disputes conflict between team, um, how we communicated, all kinds of things. It really informed our behavior and how we, how we treated each other, which was really important to me. And it developed over the years, and I use it in all the work I do now. But what I realized over time, which is kind of funny because I didn't realize it at the beginning, because I was thinking of this is important for all the important relationships in my life. Yeah. But this starts with you in relationship to yourself. So I trust myself. When that small, still voice says, "Don't do that," or don't work with that person," or don't," mm-hmm. or do this, take that journey. I trust that. I respect myself. When my body says, "I'm tired, go to bed. I don't. And this is what I learned through the difficult times at planet, and there have been there were trials and tribulations. When you're tired, go to bed. You know, don't stay up feeling sorry for yourself, have Mm -hmm. that extra glass of wine, stay on screen, whatever it is you do, watch Netflix series, trust yourself, respect yourself, and listen to that communication. Then the communication comes in. So your body's saying, I'm tired, or I need to talk about this, or whatever. Your body's telling yourself something. So that trust, respect, and good communication is about your relationship with yourself, but then it extends to all of the important relationships in your life. Your wife, your partner, your parents, your siblings, your colleagues, it is foundational.
1: And in some ways that rather marvelously brings us full circle, doesn't it? And in relation to some of the uh, uh, the answers you were giving at the start right about you trusting yourself when you were 19, and where did that come from? From your mom and trusting yourself that the tall, dark, handsome stranger <laughs> on the bus <laughs> was the love of your life and here we are today <laughs> Uh, And maybe, as I say, grey and handsome. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll edit that bit out. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with grey. Listen, we've talked about a number of things, and and I know that we've we've talked about them at one level, and there are many levels. So, how can people get in contact with you if they want to carry on the conversation, learn more,
2: and just just get engaged
1: with what you do?
2: So, um, Sam and I are partners in Beluga Bean, and we do everything together. And um, you could email me, which is Renee. R E N D E at belugabean.com. Okay. And I would filter anything through. But we run Be Yourself for individuals. For I run it for entrepreneurs. And we run it together, both of us together, for corporate groups, which is just magic. It's, it's like eating cake.
1: That's your passion. That's
2: Yes. <laughs> and then I do the mentoring for businesses, for entrepreneurs. But really, the Be Yourself program is... Um, it's everything I want to do right now.
1: And actually, really, that's that encapsulates so many of your own experiences, doesn't it? And what you've Absolutely. learned along the way. It is
2: the sum total of all the good things I have done in my life.
1: Which is pretty nice to pull that all together, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One thing, which is why it's so appropriate for episode 100. Now, you, you've been asked, this. this is my final question, I promise, but you've been asked this question before, but I want to ask it in the context of our conversation. As people are listening to this and watching this, is there a... A piece of advice, a nugget that is front of mind for you that you would love to offer anyone who's listening right now as they start the journey possibly in relation to thinking about this and beginning working on themselves because we're all work in progress.
2: I think know that you are enough and do whatever it takes to walk forward on that journey of discovery.
1: Okay. Well, that's a wonderful way to finish up episode 100 have you enjoyed this
2: it's been so much fun thank <laughs> you so much I can't imagine anything else I would have rather done this morning
1: wow that's pretty high praise James <laughs> I hope you certainly got that for sure listen thank you so much for taking the time to come in to the studio um, huge thank you again to James and LaunchPod Studios because this has been episode 100 and I just want to say I've got that warm and fuzzy feeling <laughs> so this is worth it we will carry on oh. And I hope that even if one person listens to this and thinks, you know what, I'm going to make a small change in my life. And it helps. This is going to be worth it, right? That's what it's about. So that's the belief we'll hold on to. Thank you so much for coming into the Leadership Enigma.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right. Join us again next week for more tips and strategies on the Leadership Enigma. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show, as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with your host on LinkedIn or our YouTube channel. And remember to get your daily learning to build success at www.insights.emeritus.org. Download the Insights app and start learning for free. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.